Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Scott Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Give a big hand clap to those that are watching us on podcast, vidcast, comcast, wherever you are right now. Don't forget to like, share, and uh, subscribe right now if you are watching us on YouTube. And don't forget about our daily Bible show that we have. Monday through Friday, me and my brother do it. It's called Wake Up. It's the number one daily Bible study. And uh, we start your day off with a scripture. We pray over your day. But we have a whole lot of fun. Amen? Amen. So a uh, doctor walks into the office there. And there's a lady sitting down. She's got an infant on her lap holding the infant. Doctor said, well, what's the, you know, said, we, re- we did a bunch of stuff today, and we found out that, you know, the baby hasn't been gaining any weight. And so, you know, we're just a little concerned, not too concerned. So just wondering, is, now, is the, is the baby bottle fed, or is the baby breastfed? Lady says, the baby's breastfed. He said, all right, well, first thing we need to do is we need to rule out some stuff. He says, I just got to make sure that, you know, milk is being produced. And so he walks over and does a pretty thorough little exam walks back to his notebook and begins to jot some stuff down. And he goes, well, I got good news and I got bad news. Good news is the baby's fine. The bad news is you're not producing any milk at all. And the lady said, well, that's because I'm the grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) Who's ready for the word today? Come on, somebody, open up your Bibles. So Romans 8, 37. (laughs) I apologize, Lord. (laughs) <laughs> it was the grandma. And so we're in a series, uh, week two of a series called I'm More Than a Conqueror. You know, you were designed to conquer, not to be conquered. You were designed to break off the shackles and the limits of life, not to be limited and not to be held back. But all throughout the scripture, we see that many people that were less than average, that didn't have super skills or talents, that God was able to use what they had and have them break free into great success in their life. And our staple scripture here in Romans, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. You and I are more than a conqueror. We're designed. It's in our DNA. We weren't designed to be overwhelmed and to be overcome, but instead to overcome the things that the enemy tries to put in our way, the, the problems and the circumstances that, that oftentimes tries to weigh us down. We're not meant to be weighed down, but instead we were meant to break free and to break forth into all that God has for us. And we talked about last week that my, my battle is right where I'm at with exactly what I got. That I have everything that I need to overcome whatever obstacles are in my way. God has given me it all available. We see here in 2 uh, Peter uh, 1.3. It says, in all, His divine power has given us everything. Somebody say everything. everything. Everything we need for a godly or for a great life. It has all been made available to me. Well, Pastor, I, I wish I was smarter, and I, I wish that I had a better past, and I wish that I maybe had a father, you know, when I was growing up. I wish uh, that I had a spouse, and if I had all these things, I'd be able to overcome. And the word for you for 2020 is everything that you need to overcome, you have right now, right where you're at. There's nothing in your life, come on, look where Bob says, there's nothing in your life that can hold you and God back in this time. 
Well, what about this sickness? Yeah, you got everything that you need right now at your disposal. See, David showed up. He didn't have a lot of cool things. All he had was some stones to be able to defeat the Goliath right where he's at. Joseph only had a dream, the ability to interpret dreams. Moses only had a staff to take on the entire, the strongest army, military army in the world at its time. Jesus had a cross to defeat sickness and death, right? And, and poverty and all he, had, all he needed, right, is take what I got, put it in God's hands. You know, we got 5,000 people that are hungry. What do we got? We got a little bit of fish, right? We got a little bit of bread, good. If that's all we got, then let's put it in God's hands. And we end up with an overflow of more than we can contain. Life is about battling where I'm at with exactly what I got. Here's the thing. The enemy knows that the enemy cannot stop you. So the enemy knows it has to convince you that now is not the battle. And convince you that you don't have what you need to battle. Now I just sit back passively by and allow life to happen to me. Rather than going forth and making life happen for me with the help of God. Because when God's in my corner, there's nothing that can hold me back and, and keep me back from his best in my life. In the 1800s, there was a, uh, a large boat that had been out to sea for some time. And they found themselves about a hundred and some miles off of shore there out in the ocean. And it has now been two days or two weeks since they've had any food. The whole crew and the people on the ship. And now they're entering into almost their third day without any water. And everything is looking hopeless. And it looks despair. And it looks like, it, it, like we're all just going to die on this ship. And then all of a sudden out on the horizon, somebody screams out, there's a ship coming. And they see another large ship headed on toward them. Well, at this time, of course, they didn't have the walkie-talkies and all the, sea, all the things. They had flags to be able to talk to one another. So as the ship got close enough to be able to see, the captain told the little flag guy to let them know, we, we, we need water. We're out of water. And so they do the signal, and then the other ship signals back and says, let your buckets down. And the captain gets annoyed. He's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. We have water all around us, but we need drinking water. Let them know we need drinking water. And so the guy puts it up. We need drinking water. And the other ship responds back, let your buckets down. And now the captain is so frustrated at this, he grabs the flags and he says, we need drinking water now. We have no water. We need drinking water. And as the ship was passing at a safe distance off, they said, let your buckets down. And off they begin to sail off into the sunset. And the captain and the crew are just now, they're just broken. That was our last chance. It was our only hope. And they're sitting around. The captain is mulling over and over. Why would he say that? Why would he say, let your buckets down? Why wouldn't they just help us? They're right there. And finally he goes, you know, it was just... Let's just do it. Let's just let the buckets down and, and see. And so they let the buckets down. They brought up fresh drinking water right there in the ocean. What he didn't know is there is a phenomenon that happens when the Amazon River, that mighty rushing river, goes into the ocean. That, that fresh water pushes down all of the salt water for about 200 miles. All the drinking water that you have. And all they had to do, they, were, they thought they had nothing. They thought they didn't have what they needed, but all they had to do was let their buckets down. And I think there's some people here today, God's saying to you, just let your buckets down. Pastor, I ain't got no peace. He says, let your buckets down. I'll give you all the peace that you need. You know what? I, I'm not smart enough to get through schooling right now. Let your buckets go down and God's got the mind of Christ and the wisdom in your life. You know what? I, this bill is coming due and I don't think it's going to happen. Let your buckets down and God will bless you and pour out a blessing in your life. You cannot contain it. Is there an amen anywhere in this house? Some of us just got to let our buckets down right where we're at. Stop looking out there. 
If I had this and I had that, God says, no, no, you have everything that you need right now at your disposal. Today, we're going to talk about the conqueror's mentality. Conqueror's mentality. You know, there's been so many studies that have been done about highly successful people, right? What makes this person be successful? I even saw a study that was done about Bible, people within the Bible that became highly successful or who became conquerors, who, who were overcomers, who... And you, all the studies that I've been able to read, there was nothing that had to do with, you know, they were super talented, made them overcomers. And it had something to do with their, their background and how easy their childhood was and that they had a, a father and a mother at home. It didn't matter about their pedigree. It didn't, right, it didn't matter about male or female. The only thing that they can find consistently that has what makes an overcomer or a highly successful person is the way that they think. It is their mentality. There's a conqueror's mentality is what's called, right? That, that they think differently about problems. They think differently about setbacks. They think differently about negative circumstances that may happen. They think differently maybe about what the, we would call a storm in life. They respond differently. They react differently. And because of this, it's, they live a life that's not a normal life, but they live a life of being an overcomer. And what I want for Livermore Bible Church for 2020, for us to have this overcomer mentality, that we see problems different than everybody else. You know, when you watch some of the great movies with some of the great conquerors, some of the great overcomers, right? You, you watch the gladiator and you see Maximus. There's something different in the way that Maximus thinks about circumstances and situations. Right? When you watch Braveheart and William Wallace, he thinks differently about battles and about challenges right? and, and, and about enemy and about what's going to happen in his life. You, you watch 300 and the Spartans, they think differently. All other nations are bowing to, to the, the nation that is coming, but they, they think differently. And you and I were designed to think differently, to have a, a mentality that goes forth and says, you know what, my problems don't overcome me, I overcome my problems. My, my circumstances, no, they don't overwhelm me. I'm overwhelming to my circumstances in my life. There's a different mentality that I'm a stand-up guy, that I don't cower to the problems of life. I don't cower to my giants. I don't cower to the walls. But instead, because God's in my corner, I know this, that I will come out victorious. And so I stand up to my problems. Now, I'm going to give you this. This is one of the major things that they find. It's called locus of control. It means where is your control? And they have found that there's two areas of locus control. There's external locus control, which means there's a group, which is the average person in the world today, believes that everything out there is controlling their life. And so it's the job, it's the government, right? It's this problem, it's Ted at the office, and all this. And if I could just get a little bit of luck to go my way, if I could get a few things, if karma could just help me out a little bit. But life, in a sense, out there is controlling my life and taking me in, in a direction that I have no control over. But they found that the highly successful people have what's called an internal locus of control. That they believe that, yes, life has stuff that's happening out here, but I have ability to control my life from the inside out that I can stand up to certain problems, certain things, that I can, in a sense, have a sense of control over where my destiny goes, where my day goes, where my emotions go. And they live by this ability to be able to control their life from the inside out with an internal locus of control mentality. When uh, Savvy was uh, two years old, she went through this uh, little, she's so cute at two. She went through a little phase called Baylor did it phase. 
no matter what, it was always Baylor did it. And so I was, uh, Holly was at a women's conference, and all the other boys were out spending the night at somebody's house, and I had just me and Savvy time together. And I was pretty excited at this point in, in, in my parenting, my fatherhood. It had been about 82 days since the emergency vehicles had been to the house, right? <laughs> and we had a little board and how many days we, we track in that. When Scott's, so we got to the place where we were on first name basis with the fire department as they came to the house anytime that I was watching the kids on my own. And so me and Savvy were having a little daddy-daughter time uh, and we played a little game called Daddy's Going to Sleep. And it was a fun game. It's one of my favorite games. And so I was lying on the couch and we were watching a show and then I woke up to her going, Daddy Lippies, Daddy Lippies. And I, kinda, I looked over and she'd gotten into Holly's lipstick and she's not very good at it, i just say that. She had lipstick, just her entire face was all lipstick. And I'm like, Savvy, what'd you do? She goes, no, Baylor did it, Daddy, Baylor did it. I go, well, Baylor's not even here, Savvy. I said, no, she, and she looks at me, she goes, no, Daddy, Baylor did it, he needs a spanking. And she was so cute. So I go, all right, we'll spank Baylor. She gets so, she's like, yeah, like she gets so excited. So I cleaned her all up, and uh, then I, I was gonna do, hang some curtains. Ollie wanted me to hang some curtains up, and so I was working on the curtains. Savvy was right there. You know, women, just so you understand your husbands more, we can only do one thing at a time, just so you know that. So I can't hold, hang curtains and watch a two-year-old. That's impossible for me, because I think I can, but I get involved in the curtains, and then all of a sudden, a large amount of time goes by, and then I'm like, Where, where'd Savvy go, right? Because it just got too quiet. And I'm one of those probably overprotective dads that, you know, I check on my child, my two-year-old, every couple hours whether they need it or not. It's just the way that I do parenting. And so I get, you know, down off the ladder and I'm walking around looking for Savvy and all of a sudden I come around the corner and there she is and she looks at me and she goes, Baylor did it. And I'm like, what did Baylor do? <laughs> Honey, what, what did you do? I didn't do it. Baylor did it. Okay. What did Baylor do? She goes, he gets spanking? I go, yes, he's going to get a spanking. Just show me what Baylor did. And she got excited and she took off running. And so I followed her into the kitchen and she reached up on the counter and she took down a bottle of Flintstone vitamins with no cap on it. And she goes, Baylor did it. And I went, well, <laughs> what did Baylor do? Did Baylor take the top off? I said, did Baylor, did ba did, honey, did you eat these vitamins? She goes, no, Baylor ate them. I said, oh, well, how many did Baylor? She's two. She can't give me a number anyway. I'm like, how many did you eat? She's like, I go, how many? So I took out one. Did Baylor eat this many? And she's like, I went, this many? And so then I just poured a handful. I go, this many? She goes, I go, oh, my gosh. Right? And so I turn over the bottle. And I don't know the group of people that write the, the, the warning label on the back. I can tell you this. They're a depressed, mean people. That's what I can tell you. No, there is no hope in the world. It's doom and gloom because as I'm reading that, they're like, if a child takes more than the recommended dose, then they will die. Now, in fact, you're dying. Everybody dies. We all die, right? They're going to go blind, right? You probably can't read right now. Your hair's falling out. Like, it's just a long list of all of this doom and gloom stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to, she's going to see Jesus today. And I'm like, Baby, I'm coming right after you too, because mom's gonna send me right there too. We're gonna be in, we're gonna be in heaven by nightfall. So I, I grab the phone, I dial 911, right? 911 operator, operator. She's like, oh hello, Scott. Is Holly gone? Yes. Stop it. Stop it. So my daughter, 
right? Savvy ate, ate a bunch, of, and then she's like, no, Baylor did. And Baylor ate a bunch of vitamins. Flintstone vitamins, like, I don't, I don't know how many. She's like, well, were you watching her? You know, I don't have time for parenting advice right now. I was hanging curtains. I can't do two things at one time here. I said, I don't, I, she's like, all right, I'm sending emergency vehicles now over to your house. And she's like, let me get you poison control. So they get me over to poison control. And I love poison control. I've talked to them so many times now, right? And she's just like, she's like, hey, it's fine. She's like, no, no, no. It's Flintstone vitamins. She's good. Just don't give her any more vitamins until she's 27 years old. Like, she's good. She's got all the nutrients that she ever will need, probably. Right? And I'm like, well, can you, you know, can you call off the, the emergency? And she goes, no, I don't have the ability to do that. They're on their way. And, and so we hang up the phone. Well, I guess Mesa probably didn't have any emergencies for the last 60 days because every one of them showed up to my house. I had two fire trucks and I had five squad cars outside of my house. All of my neighbors were outside. They're like, oh, he's going to be on an episode of Cops again. <laughs> I knew that little guy was a drug dealer, right? And so... No, it was aggressive. And, I, and so here they come, and I open the door, and I'm like, hey, Ed. He's like, hey, Scott, how are you doing? Wife gone? I'm like, yeah, wife's gone. How's the kids? I'm like, they're good. Took a lot of vitamins. And so he gets down, and he looks her in the eyes, and he's got the, he goes, sweetie, did, did you eat the vitamins? She goes, no, Baylor did. I thought it was funny. About a week later, the kids were over. Savvy was with her, Logan, who's the same age, two years old, at the house. And I guess Jason came in and they had done something. And he goes, okay, what happened here? And both of them in unison go, Baylor did it. <laughs> and my word for you this week is anytime something doesn't go right, the boss comes out and goes, who did this? You just go, Baylor did it. Come on, <laughs> teenagers out there, your mom comes in and goes, who left their shoes on the floor? Baylor did it. I didn't do it, but it was Baylor that did it. How many people know that we live a life like we're like, hey, the boss did it, my past did it, my childhood did it. But instead, see, when I live a life like that, then I can't change anything at all, right? I don't like to be in the passenger seat of life. So many people are in the passenger seat, and life is just taking them wherever it wants them to go. I want you to climb over into the driver's seat and say, you know what? I may have a speed bump. I may have some stuff in the way, but I'm going to drive this life with the help of Jesus Christ, and we're going to live a great life. You know, life is like a river. Jesus even says, it's like a river. We're flowing. You know, there's calm times, but there gets times where there's rapids that are going on. And an external locus of control person is somebody who's just like, all right, wherever the rapid's going to take me, wherever my day takes me, wherever my emotions want to feel, I'm just going to let it go and just see where I end up. And you always end up in the rocks and in, in, in bad places. But an internal locus of control person says this, I might be in some rapids, but you know what? I'm going to kick my feet. I'm going to paddle as hard as I can. I'll grab a log, but guess what? I'm going to get to God's best in my life. I'm going to get over to there where he has for me. He's got good things for me. And if God is for me, it doesn't matter how bad my current. Peace be still on my river of life. Because I have a conqueror's mentality. I have an overcomer's mentality that life does not overcome me, but I overcome it. See, for many people, life happens to them. But I want us to be people that I make life happen, right? The life doesn't just get to happen. My day doesn't just get to happen tomorrow. I'm going to make my day happen. And it isn't me, but it's Christ Jesus in me that helps me to overcome whatever's going on in my day. I don't have to just accept it. I don't have to accept my fears. I don't have to accept my insecurities. I don't have to accept my worry. See, a conqueror 
stands up to those things. Gets up in the morning, a little worry is in there, they stand up to the worry. Yeah, I've been accepting worry long enough. Today, worry, you go down. You know what, fear? Guess what? I've been living in fear too long, but starting today, fear, you are going to answer to me. I now become in charge of my life. Emotions, despair, discouragement, you no longer have a part of my day and my world because I'm more than a conqueror. And I'm going to conquer. I'm going to stand up to those problems. I'm going to stand up to those insecurities. I'm going to stand up to those things that have been trying to hold me back too long. Fear and doubt, you have no power over my life. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says this. For though we live in a world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, their divine power demolish the strongholds. We demolish arguments and every thought that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Guess what, fear? You're a bad thought. I'm going to make you obedient today. I am. You don't get to have a part of my mind. My mind is full of God's peace. My mind is full of God's joy. My mind is full of God's hope. I've got so much hope inside that that fear can't be a part. Discouragement. You don't get to be a part. Depression, despair, anxiety, stress, and worry. See, an external locus of control just gets up and says, all right, whatever you emotions want to do today. But a conqueror says, no, I've got to have a good attitude today. I've got to have joy today. I've got to have some peace today. And every single thought, somebody say every Every thought that is contrary to God's word, contrary to God's hope, contrary to God's love, every condemning thought, every fearful thought, I'm going to have to bully you around a little bit today because I'm not going to have strongholds in my life. I'm not going to be limited in my life, but instead I'm going to go forth with God's strength in every area. 2 Corinthians uh, 4, 8 says this. Let me say, actually, let, they'll put this on the screen. You can write this down. A conqueror must first conquer himself or herself. You can't win out there until you win in here. I got to win this. See, I can't go forth into my family and have joy and peace until I first conquered this and said, you know what, emotions? You don't run my life. Guess what, thoughts? You don't get to run amok. I don't know what amok is, but you don't get to run that, whatever that is. <laughs> but instead... As the Bible says, every thought that I have is obedient to Jesus Christ. Every thought that comes inside of me is going to be hope. Every thought that comes in inside of me is going to be joy. Every single thought that I have is faith. Fear, I have to stand up to my Goliath, which some of you might be fear. You've got to stand up to it and say, no, no more. I'm done with that. Addiction, see, a conqueror doesn't accept the addiction. A conqueror defeats the addiction with help of God. I know you can't do it. Come on, but I know that God can do it through you. There isn't any addiction that's too big for God in your corner. And so I don't just accept those things that are limiting my life, but instead I conquer it. The problem in the marriage, we don't just accept the problem. See, we're not people that just accept it and accept limitations. But instead, we go forth and we overcome the problems in our lives. Problems don't get to overcome me because I'm constantly overcoming and I'm battling everything that is holding me back from God's best. 2 Corinthians 4.8, we're going to close with this part right here. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. You ever feel like that? Like everything on the outside, he is pushing in from this direction and that. And at times, it, it seems like it can get so heavy. But what I want you to realize that what they have found also about a conqueror or a highly successful person 
is they get excited when there's some pressure in life. You know, there's always the, 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 the overcomer on the team that says, give me the ball for the last shot. Say, I want us to be the, give me the ball. There's people that says, hey, I don't want that stress and I don't want that pressure, right? Give them the ball. But I want us to be the ones that we get, just, just like James went through, says, I count it all joy when I have problems because it builds up my faith and gets me to the place where I lack nothing. And so guess what? I'm excited. I got a problem today. Praise the Lord. I got a Goliath today because I know with that Goliath is a stepping stone to the success that God has for me. That God will catapult me over every storm and every obstacle in my life. My promised land is just a wall away ahead of me. And I get excited. Come on, pressing on top of me gets me excited when I have a problem. How do you get excited with a problem? Because that's what a conqueror mentality. It's a battle mentality. Okay, we got a problem. Okay, this is, this is, this is good. Why? Because it's building me up. Because if I can handle, you know, and if you can handle the problems in third grade math, how many people know that you can handle the fourth grade math problems? But if I can't handle third grade math problems, I can't handle high school problems. Sometimes, right? We get overwhelmed because we haven't handled some of the other problems in our life as a conqueror should. I got both of these things right here come from carbon. This one's common. It's I think he's it's a nickel. I mean, you could buy this all day long. This is worth a whole lot. Obviously, if it was real. But if it was real. <laughs> Right? What's the difference between, they both come from carbon. This one escaped the heat and the pressure. So it was just common, it's just average, not worth any. This one withstood the pressure and the heat. And the extreme pressure and heat when it came out, it became something so valuable, so precious. See, if we live a life of escaping the heat and the pressure, then we're just like everybody else. But if we want to become champions, we want to become the diamonds in the world. Then we don't escape it. We fight it. We stand in there. Because if God's with me, it doesn't matter how hot it is. If God's in the fire with me, it ain't bad at all. Ask Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. But this isn't a big deal. They're in a pressure that is too big. Man, you're going through a hard time. Yeah, I'm making diamonds. I like that. I'm just making diamonds. Come on, somebody out there. You're making some diamonds. I know some marriages out there right now, you're making a diamond. On the way home, tell your spouse, we're making, some di we're making a lot of diamonds, baby. We are making some diamonds, right? Some of you out there, you feel like you're making one of these right here. You're making this diamond. Come on, somebody. You're like, yeah, we're making a diamond. I'm making something big. I don't know what it is, but I know that I'm making something big, something amazing. And maybe this example will hit a little bit more home for some of you out there. You know, this right here, you can't eat this. That's, you'll get E. coli, right? It's just gonna be nasty, right? It's not good at all, right? What, what is it missing? The only thing that this is missing is some of God's love and some heat. I throw that on some heat and I got a chalupa, somebody out there. Come on, I throw some heat on that. And I got a chalupa. Some of you out there, people are like, oh man, I can't believe what happened. You're single again. You're like, I'm making a chalupa, right? You got to lay up. I'm making a chalupa. That's all that I'm doing. Life is good. I'm making some chalupas. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm making a chalupa. 
Your marriage. I'm making a chalupa, Pastor. That's what I'm doing. Oh, what a hard day you had. No, I just made chalupas all day. Because out of the fire, come on, out of the fire makes everything a whole lot better. It's got to go through a fire. It's got to go through some pressure in life. It's not that God sent the fire, but David had to, right, he had to go up against Goliath in order for God to get him in the eyes of all of Israel. He had to go up against the fire. He had that pressure. He had to learn how, how to work with 400 guys. And the Bible says they, they, they were just a, a bunch of rum-dums. Had to learn how to lead them so they could lead a nation. Had to go through a little bit of the fire. There was a father whose uh, older daughter, she just came to him and said, Dad, everything in life is it's just so hard. I'm just so tired of how hard things are. Problem after problem after problem after problem. It's just overwhelming to me. So he got a little pot, a few pots of water boiling. He dropped a potato in the pot. He dropped an egg in the pot. And in another pot, he dropped some coffee beans into the pot. And after a little while, he pulled out the egg. He said, see, this egg, they all went in the same heat. But this one came out hard. Went through a big change, but now it's really hard. Pulled out the potato. Said, well, this potato right here, it became soft. It became mushy. Right? It went through a ma major change. He said, but come over here and smell this. He said, that coffee went through the same amount of heat, but it came out with a beautiful aroma and a beautiful flavor. He says, how you come out is up to you. When life, it seems like it's boiling you, and it seems like it's got hot, and it seems like it's too much, how you choose to come out, are you going to come out all hard? Well, pastor, my past is why I am the way I am, and I deal with all the things. So you came out hard out of that, right? Well, you come out all soft, and you, you just give up on things because of what happened. But I want us to be people we can change right now in this moment. Say, I'm like coffee. I come out fresh. I come out with a beautiful aroma. I could go through the fires of life, and I smell good. Man, I went through some fire, and I didn't get any fire on me. You can come through it. You know how you do it? Conquer mentality. Problems don't overcome you. You overcome your problems. This week, go forth and attack those addictions, those things that limit your life. Attack those thoughts that keep holding back a good attitude and a good day. You stand up to your Goliath in life, right? I love what David did. What did David do when he saw Goliath? He ran to his Goliath. Some of you, you've been running away. You've been hiding away long enough. This is the week that you run to your Goliath. And I'm telling you this, by the end of the day, that uncircumcised Philistine's head will be at your feet. And you will be triumphant over something that you thought was going to take, it's been taking you a lifetime of holding you back. And in a moment, you've conquered that despair, that discouragement, that depression, that fear, that stress, and that worry because you simply stepped into what you were designed to be. That's a conqueror. I'm not conquered. Come on, Livermore Bible Church. I'm not conquered, but I conquer. I'm not overcome, but I overcome. I'm more than a conqueror. Thank you so much for watching today. We want to make sure that we secure your eternity. Eternity is a simple choice. It simply means I believe in Jesus Christ, that he died and raised from the dead. It doesn't matter. You, you may think, well, I'm not good enough and I haven't lived my life right. Jesus died for all of your sins. So simply say this prayer with us. Dearly Father, I ask you right now, come into my heart, be my Lord, 
and my Savior. I believe that I am saved. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for all my sins and was raised from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.